0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to LiveLine. I'm Joe with RT.ie, and 51551 stands, as always, um, as our uh, text number. Maureen Sheehy, Maureen, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. It's a very difficult situation your family is in, especially your brother. Tell us. Well, um, I suppose the reason I wanted to come on and talk is to highlight the situation as it is for people waiting for organ donations and transplants. Okay. And unless you're in that situation yourself or it comes to your door, you don't really understand it and know, I suppose, how difficult it is for people. Um, so my, my brother Brendan has uh, idiopathic cystic, sorry, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, okay. which may, you know, which is an illness where your lungs become scarred. They don't know how it happens, where it comes from, and they can't identify mm-hmm. the cause specifically, but it just gets um, more and more difficult to breathe. And as you progress, you know, you need more oxygen. And, you know, when it was wonderful when he got on, as it is for everyone on, on the transplant list. Okay. And you think, you know, there's great hope here. Um, and, you know, all the people waiting for transplants, they work very hard to stay fit and yeah, stay positive yeah. and keep their weight up. And then as the disease progresses, you know, it becomes it's a little bit like a race against time where you're, you're, you're hoping that it won't progress far. You'll still mm-hmm. be well enough for, for to accept, you know, an organ donation. And but part of the, the problem at the moment is that, you know, like, since COVID had a huge effect on the number of of people who, who or the number of organs that were available for for, for, for transplants, there were, there were 30, for lung transplants okay. in particular, because there were 39 um, in 2019 and... Um, 18 last year. So, so you're so, so, well. Why why did COVID lead leave as you say to to a halving of long yeah. long done? Why do you well, know? Well, one why? of the things was obviously everything. You know, in hospitals changed. You know, the I suppose the uh, you know the situation of 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 death was more difficult for people. Families were more isolated, um, mm. and. The, I suppose people mightn't have, the whole, you know, mightn't have been, and I don't know this definitely, the same priority in hospitals where they were overwhelmed with a number of people who needed, you know, very mm-hmm. serious lung, lung treatment might have taken priority. But this is, this is internationally, it, it was just a huge drop off. And one theory is okay. that people became less, you know, more protective of themselves and their families by nature, you know, mm. we were all in, in, in a difficult... Well, I'm also thinking, as, you, as, as you know, heart, liver, lung, uh, uh, tragically has to come from a deceased donor, whereas yeah, kidney yeah, can yeah. come from a living, a living uh, donor. But, um, I, and I presume a lot of people who died during yeah. COVID, and there was an awful lot, um, that they would have had lung problems, so... Yeah, 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 so that's... It was, I suppose, and that continued on. And, um, and in other countries, it has got back quicker than it, it, oh, it seems okay. to have in Ireland. Well, the only thing that seems to be back in Ireland at the minute is COVID. 
I don't know. Yeah, well, actually, maybe uh, let yeah. people let us know. Are you, have you? Did you get COVID recently? And what is how different is it or from previous uh, bouts or whatever? But anyway, so, the, so I didn't know that there was such a dramatic drop in yeah, yeah. Um, lung transplants I, I, because of COVID. And just one of the things to add is, like, in a, like a lot of people, there was a feeling that you know most Irish people would be happy, you know, if they were yeah. involved in a tra- you know tragic accident, or they'd be happy to to donate organs. But this, you know, people they don't have the conversations about it, so they might even tick it on the driving license, but not tell their families. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we have to remember that when somebody. Is, is donating an organ or, or the family are agreeing to this, that it's a very traumatic situation. And it's good to know that definitely this is what your loved one wants. And also for people to, to also bear in mind that in these difficult times they can be doing something really good. And one of the, you know, I've speaking to other people who've, who've you know, been recipients and had successful transplants, and they would write to you know, not anonymously. Mm-hmm. Like there would be confidentiality as to the people, but they'd write to and thank the donor families who would reply saying that it gave them great solace. You know, thinking they could save maybe seven people's lives, and and that their their loved okay. one is going on doing good. But you're so saying even if you carry a donor card. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the way to get a donor card, you text the word donor to uh, 550, 550, and they come back to you immediately looking for your details. Um, even if you have a donor card, the family, the next of kin can overrule. Yeah, or, or, or y- yes. Uh, and they'd be involved in the decision. It's like as if the decision nearly goes to them, you know, but they might be, it, they mightn't even know. I'm not sure. Do they know yeah. that how much it, does somebody agree to it casually? I think, no, I think when somebody t- t- signs up for an organ... They should say it, should say it to the next of kin, yeah. Shouldn't they? Um, yeah, and then people have a conversation about it, so you know, this is what I want to do, and somebody's in no doubt in that sort of situation of, of, of being very, uh, you know, traumatised and, in, in, you know, having serious grief to deal with, that they're actually, know well, this is something good we can do. Um, it's, a, it's a very... How is Brendan now? Well, he's sort of, you know, staying positive mm-hmm. um, and doing it. But, but his windows got very small. You know, it, it's, he, he did get COVID himself recently. Okay. And that, you know, we don't know. There's the, you know, you, this disease can go very slowly for some people and much quicker for others. And then... Um, um, am in, I still in, on in, there? Yes, of course. And in, England has an, opt, an opt-out system. Now, we're supposed to be getting that here, but how long have we heard that? Where is the legislation? Why can't the doll pass laws? Why can't they do this? Your line your line is gone completely on me there there now. Uh, Maureen, try and get you back. Martin Brand- Brangan. Martin, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. I was speaking to you before in 2009, just after my mother died, okay. regarding um, transplantation. Uh, the late Frank Deasy was on and uh, he was in desperate need of a liver and, uh, yeah. and sadly he died um, yeah. during the operation a couple of days or weeks later. Yeah. So um, it's the, I'm really glad you have this very important topic on. It's um, terribly important for people to be 
aware and chatting to each other about this. Because donor card is one thing. Sure, we lose cards uh, Mm -hmm. and... It it, it it can be useless if no one can locate that card. It's the family need to discuss this. Uh, and everyone needs to discuss uh, with each other about their intention uh, to donate. And it's not just organs. Uh, you had on recently about uh, leaving your body to science. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I have MS, I can't donate organs, but I'm leaving my brain to medical science for research. Okay. So we can all... Uh, leave a legacy behind us you know we can be more useful dead than alive at times <laughs> it's a funny <laughs> it's a funny way of putting it martin but anyway yeah. i take i take your point now the the person you championed and was your great late friend brandon mclaughlin now yes. brandon had uh, had um one one of the his many achievements and the many achievements of oh. the medics he was the longest lung transplant survivor tell us about brandon Oh, Brendan was a fantastic. I got to know him about two years uh, before he had his transplant. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, I met him through a friend uh, of a, a colleague at work who went down to a funeral in Donegal, and uh, he 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 was the next door neighbour of the person who sadly died in a traffic accident. So um, my friend got. Um, very uh, interested in how Brendan was coping. He had cystic fibrosis. And okay, yeah. So we told him about it. And I said, why don't we do a little media campaign? So we did that. And uh, it, it was remarkable at the time because the longest living transplant survivor when he had his done in Newcastle Freeman Hospital, it was five years. Okay. And uh, he, a transplant wasn't expected to buy any more than about three years then. So it's amazing. 26 years, and he appreciated every single one of those years. Incredible, so, incredible. And I know he, di- he died unexpectedly, didn't he, Martini? Yeah, he yeah. did. He was, he was in great form, yeah. 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 Okay, back back to, to Maureen. And Maureen, do you know, I don't even know this... This is in any way helpful, but does Brandon know where he where he sits on the list? I, it's not a matter of okay. Of I know it's suitability, it's, and it's exactly suitability. And I think in terms of, you know, they would also take into account all things being equal, the person who would be most needy. So I think when you're on the list, you're okay, always like thinking yeah, of yeah, thinking yeah, of yeah. everyone together, but yeah, you just yeah. can't predict, you know. And it was. It was just interesting what, what Martina was saying there. I felt the same thing. Let's do something, you know, because you don't, you feel sort of helpless and you want to help and you sort of think, if I can at least spread the word to people, you know, it's, it's, it's something we, yeah. can, we can do. And I'm told that the, like the, the, the human yeah. tissue bill is currently working its way through the Oireachtas. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Oireachtas weren't yeah. even there last week, so we don't, don't know what is, can't work its way through an empty building. But anyway... Uh, or an empty uh, legislature chamber. Um, and does Brendan go about his daily life, Maureen? He has to, I presume. Yeah, well, no, well, he's, he's, in, he's, in the, he's in the matter at the moment, in oh, the, in in the, the unit there. Because oh, okay. like, he needs a 
you know, he needs a significant amount of oxygen, which okay. they're supplying him oh. with at the moment. But he's still, you know, you keep fit, you have an exercise bike, you, you know, again, stay positive. He can, he's loves uh, sketching. So if, if, um, if there's ever an opportunity to do that, he does. But it's, it's a day of, you know, you're, you're keeping yourself healthy. In, in anticipation, that's, you know, takes mm-hmm. up a full day. And then, you know, in terms of visitors, it's quite, you're obviously very careful not to pass on any infection. So, oh, you know, he's sort of, it's, we'd all be very cautious about. And is, he, is it lonely in there for him? I don't know. I, I, I think he's very self, he's a very, he's a, a lovely, positive, positive person. If I ring him at night time, and I can hear the nurses coming in saying, would you like a cup of tea? And he said, oh, that would be lovely. You know, you're great. And would you like a biscuit? Oh, a biscuit. You know, he's that okay. sort of appreciative of everything. You know, sort of do-gooder sort of guy. Um, and his, 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 his daughter is actually studying medical science in, okay. at a you know, postgraduate level in England. So they have conversations about what's the latest yeah. news and you know so he is as I said it's, you have and to I, just keep and positive I, how, long, how long has he been in? Well it's, it's sort of in and out, you know in a way you're, you go in and out you get okay. they have to bring you go on to a regime of bringing your levels up yeah. and then you know you get to a certain level you may you, you might you know go back out again and you know it's he's on a you know it's, it's sort of a uh, he's there at the moment anyway yeah and does, and, does you know, new technology help iPads and face FaceTime and does that make I a difference does. yeah 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 yeah. I okay. mean I suppose you know it, when, when trans people they always have this people waiting you know you even have this huge appreciation for the sort of the, the potential donor there the fact that there are people who yeah. are doing this yeah. so you know even though you find it tough you are seeing the good side of human life as well, you know, so, well, and that makes you sort of feel positive too. And it is an incredible gesture to, to make, for a family to make, but as I say, as you're right, with people, uh, you're going to text owner, um, but why not, why not text, uh, if you have, if you already have a card, why not text your, your family WhatsApp group, everyone has it, just to, just to yeah, say, that's um, really good idea. Just to say in your family WhatsApp, oh, by the way, just in case I have signed the auger donor card and I really want to, to do it, God forbid, God forbid. You always have to put that in um, if something should happen to me. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. do you think people, well, we're told people down here would support an opt-out system because that's what's coming in. Yeah, I mean, I think the opt-out system will still need the family to make the final decision. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a um, but anything I I find Maureen anything that that um that intensifies the publicity about around and the information and the education around organ donation the better anything yeah that's definitely a, true yeah. because you do feel people want it yeah yeah just yeah. going making that jump from wanting it to doing it is is you know and it's not something you really want to consider what would happen if I were to you know be in this situation or if somebody I loved would you you don't want to be thinking of that but 
it's it's a good thing to do. Okay, okay, Maureen, uh, what do you say? Fingers crossed, please God, yeah, if, exactly. if people yeah. are religious. Well, they're, they're, um, yeah. And uh, best wishes to all the medical staff. Uh, I know yeah, exactly. Bowman, you do a wonderful job. You yeah. do a wonderful job so, in the matter. Yeah. And St. Vincent's. Um, and the other hospitals that do transplants. Um, but as you say, it is the greatest gift. Brendan is an artist, is he? No, he was. he's a, an architect by profession, but oh, okay. he just loves to draw. Well done. Great, great, great. Okay, Maureen, kind, kind okay, best lovely. wishes to you and especially okay, to Brendan you. and yep. his, his colleagues there in the ward in the matter. Martin Brangan, yep. I know you mentioned you'd MS, Martin. Yep. Oh, oh yes, yeah. Now that's because of that. I can't. Uh, I would donate yeah. all my organs and every tissue I have that could be useful. But uh, because of that, you, you can't. You know, if you have anything uh, like MS, cancer, or something like that, you cannot yeah, yeah. donate. But you, but you know, you can donate to science, and you can make yourself uh, an instrument to, to promote. Uh, organ donation like as I try and do all the time so um, the one uh, thing about uh, what, 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 how does MS affect your life Martine? Well it's it's uh, um, at the moment I would it, it, every day is a, a new experience uh, last few days it's like as if somebody put sticky glue on my uh on the soles of my shoes and uh, okay. kind of trying to stop me walking around okay. and my hands I keep knocking things down off supermarket shelves like <laughs> like a bull in a china shop okay. and sometimes it gets difficulty swallowing but the MS Ireland is a brilliant organisation oh, and uh, organises social events and information events so there's always hope um, uh, for new treatments so it, it's you know it's it, it, Anyway, I have donate. I am donating my yeah. brain to research, so that'll help. The more they get, okay. and they want healthy brains too, by way yeah. of comparison. Yeah. And Martine, that description. So what? It's like sticking glue to your to your soles of your shoes and trying to walk. Yeah. That's incredible. What an incredible description. I mean, you 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 knew you knew when when you had a bad leg, you know how mm-hmm. difficult it was walking, and it's well, I don't have pain except when I get uh, spasms in my legs but uh, it's not painful walking around but it's just restrictive, it's not like a broken leg where you feel pain but it's it's like it's like having both legs and casts or, and trying to yeah. get around you know, that's the kind of feeling it is my best way of describing it Okay Martine, I wish you well and thank you. You're so you're so positive. That sounds very passionate. But you are, you are. And, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, we all have to be, don't we? <laughs> I fondly, I fondly remember Brenda McLaughlin as well. Oh, uh, yeah, Ma- he's lovely. Yeah, and Maureen, uh, she thanks again. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is the text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. I see another painting has been attacked in the National Gallery in London. Uh, it's a Velasquez, which is, uh, as you know, Diego Velasquez, one of the greatest ever uh, Spanish uh, painters in the uh, 17th century. Um, and they it, it, it was attacked previously in 1914 by suffragettes. And it was then it was covered in uh, some form of plated glass, and the protesters there just about an hour ago smashed the glass, 
and I don't know, I presume they were arrested or whatever. And uh, I, the worry then is for other galleries, um, once it starts in one gallery, it invariably spreads to another, as it happened in Ireland when the, uh, an artwork was damaged in uh, the Crawford Gallery during the last episode of um, the attacks on works of art. Mark, Burke, Mark Buckley, your favourite artist is Bruce Springsteen. Correct, Joe, yeah. And what, what's the upset? Well, the upset is um, I have been following Bruce since back when I went to Slane Castle in 1985 and have seen him maybe 40 times over the intervening years, various in America, okay. all over Europe, Ireland, England. My wife at times says that uh, we probably have a better second home from what I've spent yes, over the years. Yeah, yeah. But this morning, there's been an advert all week saying, you know, Bruce is coming coming to Cork. I suppose I'm from Cork. And I was like, yeah, look, we'll go. We'll see. And the advert mentioned that the ticket started from 95 euros. Okay, so that was great. We said, that's mm. okay. In fact, that's probably standing on the pitch in, in Parky Keys. But I uh, queued this morning and got on surprisingly very fast about 8 minutes past 8 and was number 2000 in the queue to arrive in to when buying the tickets um, there didn't seem to be any 95 euro tickets there it just kept directing me to the 140 for it to stand on the pitch in Park Kiev on the I think the 16th of May which could be very dodgy weather in Ireland at that stage and um, no way could I get the 95 ticket and to me 140 euros to stand on party Creeve is crazy. I mean, the stand tickets were at 160 plus um, mm. extras. So I think that will work out if you if you were to sit. I, I just did some maths there earlier on, and if you were to um, get two tickets there just for Crow Park there now on the 19th of May, it would cost you 342 euros for two tickets sitting. Um, so, Park, so, so, okay, but what, what yeah. the, the issue? Is the issue... That you feel it was mis uh, there was misleading adver- well, advertisement, uh, or is the issue yeah, that it's too dear compared to other countries? Well, it might be, I suppose my issue is it's too dear. I mean, I, I just looked at um, he's playing in Wembley in July, and there's still tickets available for Wembley Stadium, and there's season tickets there for ninety five pounds, which equates to mm. about one hundred and ten euros. So how how can a hundred same a seat at a concert in the UK be a hundred and 115, 110 to 115 euros, but yet in Crow Park or Cracker Keeve mm. or I don't know about Kilkenny, it's 100 and nearly 170. It, it's, it's just, are we, I don't know, is it rip off Ireland or is it? Or, I, I or, is it or is it that everything is just more expensive here? We have the most expensive electricity in all of Europe. Um, we've the most you, you, you hear well, oh, by the way in Jordan's I know that we've the most expensive insured people own that through their cars and yeah. apparently the cost of insurance between here and Northern Ireland public liability is just down here is stratospheric is it is it um, the, um, I, 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 as you know we hate rip, but, rip-offs in this programme but is yeah, it that I, I, is it that Pro Park is dearer the hiring of the hall is dearer the, the ancillaries insurance security I don't know I, I, it's UK there maybe insurance is cheaper there but as well I just looked up just out of Pigger and I looked up a couple of hotels in Dublin for that for that night unbelievable I mean it, just a basic hotel I was quoted 527 euros in uh, hotels for the night like that, that's yeah. like you, you would get a 
a hotel, I don't know, five star well, hotel. Well, is that not, does that not, the way Gard Brooks played, he only played Dublin. And then I know here on Lifeline people saying, well, why won't he play Cork, Kilkenny, uh, Killarney? Uh, at least we wouldn't have to get a hotel. Well, that's what that's what's happening now. I'm just doing devil's mm-hmm. advocate here on the other side. He is playing Cork, he is playing Kilkenny, he is playing Dublin, obviously, he is playing Belfast. Um, I, I mean, he, he is incredible, and I mean, his show is incredible. But haven't, but, but, I, I, but haven't been there 40 times, Mark. Have you not seen mm-hmm. enough of him? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, I was in Holland last... Well, I, I, I was in um, with my son, actually, in New York in April to see him. We we had saved a few bob by not being away during the, the, the pandemic, so we decided to treat ourselves to see him. In New York, In we tried Madison Square Garden, but we couldn't. We got a tickets for a place called Belmont Park in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And they were $95, Euros for a nin, $95 for an indoor concert of his. So I, 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 I just mean the last few years, it's just concerts here, here in Ireland. But I, I just can't figure out the pricing, like because there's actually, funny enough, um, Sting and uh, Blondie uh, support are playing in Musgrave Park here in Cork in, in June. Mm-hmm. And the tickets for Sting and Blondie are 69 euros. So I know maybe Bruce is an expensive artist, I don't know. But I think like Sting and Blondie would be a good gig and for half the price. I, I can't equate how 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 these things work. I know mm. the likes of Taylor Swift and these, you know, it's it's just big bucks they're looking for. You know, but it just it, I just found it very annoying. So I did made a decision at twenty past eight this morning. That's it. No, I'm not paying. I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Not paying any that amount of money to see him. And is that the first time yeah. you've you've decided that? Well, no, I, I actually, I, I I suppose no, my other little knack is I haven't seen him here in Ireland. Since back in uh, sixteen, I think we went to myself. My son went to Crow Park, and basically, I, I, I'd call it an open air um, drink fest. I actually don't know why half these people go. Like, like mm. I'm thinking in my head here: there's people people who pay 160, 170 euros to see him in Crow Park or see him in Parky Keith, and they're going to spend half their time at the bar. They're out at the bar. They come back yeah. from the bar. We'll get another few points. <laughs> they don't seem to go to 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 a it's a concert. I said to one guy next to me in Crow Park that day. I said, "Look, you would have been better off going into a pub in Dublin, asking the man behind the bar to stick a Bruce Springsteen video of a concert on, and have your points." What are you doing here? Are you doing? Yeah, I know. I say, I say, you're dancing, <laughs> dancing in the dark with that play, Mark, so to speak. I say, you were, you were, you were born, you were born to run. Opinion. What did, what did, he, what did your man say to you when you said you'd be? He just looked foolish at me and I went off and got another pint. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come back with two, one for you, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You see, the other thing, yeah, like little things, and these are these things, these things we should be proud of. I think we have the second highest minimum wage in in Europe, which is. That's something to be proud of. Um, but it all adds up, doesn't it? Mm. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, we, 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 you know, it, it, we should pay our people. Like, I'm in my 60s now. I mean, I, I, I go back to, you know, what I can remember earning 20, 20 pounds and 10 pounds went to well, Sorry, 15 pounds went to mother and 5 pounds was put back to me. But, you know, that were different times. I know, but I suppose people do say that us in our, in our 60s and 50s, you know, mm. we've... We had a luckier life. I don't think we did. I think we 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 had it. It was tough. It was tough in the eighties and the seventies. Mm. You know, I can and the nineties. I can remember my mortgage being sky high when I first got a mortgage. Yeah. You know, the rates went way up. But I just think the, the price well, Cork, of the stuff well, in the last year. Well, Mark Cork is sold out for Bruce. I know. Kilkenny, Kilkenny <laughs> is sold, sold out. 
yeah. poker obviously is a much bigger venue but like if you um, just, I, I, it's just me maybe maybe no Julie. no no, no. You're, <laughs> into, no you're, into, you're entitled to say it because uh, you're, and you're entitled to, to get on the national airwaves to, to say it because a lot of the publicity is just positive um, what would you say to Bruce he's the, isn't he the voice of the blue collar worker in the states well, that's 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 I I actually did send a tweet to his his his. Oh, did you? His his. What did um, you say? What Twitter, did you say? Well, I, I I say that I have followed you for forty year, the thirty eight years, and this was the last straw. Um, yeah, like there's been a few things in the okay. last year. There was a very good website that used to run. It was called Backstreets. All the Bruce Springsteen mm. fans would know of would know of this site, and it was you went there and you could figure out getting to concerts and people would help you and all that. But the guy who ran that had been running it for 50 years and he closed it down last summer because of Springsteen and Ticketmaster in, the U- in America. They brought in this um, dynamic pricing where mm. the demand, the ticket went to, like there were some tickets for Bruce Springsteen's concerts in America last year were in the seven eight hundred dollars Yeah. And it's uh, dynamic. There's dynamic pricing of a lot of, a lot yeah, of hotels. It's, I mean, it's, it's called, dynamic pricing is another word for gouging. Isn't it? It's the supply and demand, isn't it? It is, it is, isn't it? You, yeah. you, you, anyway, the hotel room, anyway, to, to run a hotel room costs X, including staff, electricity, utilities, insurance, etc., etc. And we are, Mark, anyone, talk to anyone who runs any public resort, hotel, pub, facility, um, holiday park. The, the, the insurance claims in Ireland are unbelievable. Yeah. And and well, I, mean, I was I was talking to I was talking to somebody um, recently who runs a, 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 a hospitality industry here, and it's one of ten or whatever. This is the only one in Ireland. The other nine are in the UK, and the difference between the one he runs and the one the other uh, eight in the UK, the other nine in the UK, difference is he's the highest turnover at the bar. And he's the highest number of insurance claims. Yeah. How much would you pay to see Bruce? Uh, as I say, the 95, the 95 <laughs> was the limit. And have it. you any idea how much you paid to see him at Slane? I think, I was trying to look at that. I do, I think it was £15. Okay. And the funny thing is, like I, I, I was only saying to my friend who we unfortunately lost one of the guys that was when we, the three of us went to it, and we were just discussing mm. how do we get the tickets, and it was this it, is hilarious in a sense. We, we went into a nightclub in Cork called Spiders, it was run by a guy called Kenny Lee, and you walked up to the bar, and you said, "I want two tickets for Bruce Springsteen," and that's how you got it. Okay. How times have changed. And then sixty years ago, I know you're too young, Mark, but sixty years ago tomorrow. If you'd gone to the Adelphi in Dublin, Dublin, you would have paid five and six, which is about 30 pence, 30 cents today to get in and see the Beatles. Yeah. But then again, last night in Dublin, you could have gone to the wonderful working men's club there on the, on the Keys, Clarence Hotel, uh, where the Beatles Festival is on, I think, uh, very soon. And you could have seen the wonderful Uncle Alton Connell, who was with us in Belfast on Funny Friday there a few weeks ago. And tickets, I think, for Alton were between 20 and 25 quid. Yeah. For, for, uh, and apparently he had, um, he had a seven, uh, a four or five piece 
band you can band. go and see well, let me you can go and see uh, Angus McAnally your own Angus doing his Christy Hennessy show which just has to be seen has to be seen uh, and that's a seven piece band and that's on Saturday December the 2nd with Avram in my head and that's in the Helix and you won't be paying anything like Bruce Springfield Springsteen mm. you won't be paying anything <laughs> like Bruce Springsteen ticket right you know there's loads of stuff on but anyway anyway have you seen Angus doing Christy Hennessy the show now, not I, the I, impression. I haven't seen Angus. Oh. I saw Christy Hennessy one oh, well time with Cork Rock many years ago. It's an incredible, incredible man. It's incredible not. Man. It's um, not a tribute show. It's just. It's a show in itself, but it's mesmeric. That's the Helix on December second, and I guarantee. Where is Philip O'Reilly, Philip? Beside Philip, there, hopefully. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I was listening to. You. I was yeah. just listening earlier to that man was on about uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I I was at him there in the summertime, and he mentioned. Uh, uh, going to see Blondie. Yeah. In Malahide. And Sting. In Malahide, along with Sting. Yeah. yeah. Which was great, apparently. I was at that concert as well, and it was way, way ahead of Bruce Springsteen. Why? I, videoed, I vid- actually videoed both bits of them, and and there's no comparison. In what way? Sting was absolutely brilliant. His his voice was very clear. His He had a small band behind him, and they were excellent. And, and Blondie wasn't bad either now. And, what, what, and did you go and see Bruce in the RDS? Yeah, I saw Bruce in the RDS. And what, yeah. So what was the difference? Obviously different, but I don't know whether you can compare and contrast. <laughs> but what was the difference that, that you came so strongly down on Sting and Blondie for? I just thought, he, like, I would go to a lot of rock concerts, and uh, I just thought that, like, Bruce is a, is a great entertainer. You know, that's the one mm. thing I take away from entertainment value. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I thought, I thought the East East band were, were okay. Okay. So I, did, I didn't think they were great. But he's a good entertainer. His his his, his voice is shown with age, kind of, but Sting's voice is much, much way ahead Okay. And um, have you been to see Bruce many times, Philip? No, no, that's only the second time I've ever seen oh, Okay, him. but you see, was Sting your favourite anyway? Uh, no, he's not. No, uh, it wouldn't be fair. Actually, the Eagles would be my favourite. But who? But uh, and I've seen, the, the Eagles, and I've seen them five ah, or the six Eagles, times. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I've seen you two. I've seen loads of bands. And, uh, uh, I just, in my opinion, uh, on on the level at the moment, uh, the Sting's way ahead of of Bruce. Okay. Well. Well, that's. But you, you still say, did you try and get tickets for this next year? No, I didn't. Year? No, I didn't try. But oh, okay. And then he mentioned about the Sting was playing. I didn't even know he was playing. That's advertised, yeah. That man was on earlier. If if he wants to go to a good concert, the Sting concert is a great concert. Go to. Now he won't play as long. He play, but yeah, but I wish we'd. I wish we'd support. And I don't don't mean to be nationalistic. God forbid. But I wish we'd support our own a bit more. What do you mean by our own? Our own musicians, our own... Uh, uh, I know uh, Keen the Crow uh, is coming to St. Anne's Park in Dublin next year. You know the Cork singer? He's stunning, absolutely brilliant. Um, I hope he sells out because that's the first big kind of... Uh, St. Anne's Park, the venue, I think it's about 10,000 people. I hope he sells out because the tickets are much cheaper than Bruce or Sting for yeah. that matter. You know what I mean? And I mentioned Angus there doing the Christie. I mentioned uh, Alton Connell last night in Dublin for 20 quid. Apparently it was a stunning concert. Seven, uh, yeah. five, five or six piece band. 
Anyway, yeah, anyway, okay, I know, I, I know it's not, I know it's not, I know it's not, I know that, 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 I take that point, I take that point. Keen to Crow is on June the 7th in St. Anne's Park. Um, and that'll be some something to see. But there's great things. So Tony Varley, Tony. Hi, uh, how are you doing? Good. I'm You're just ringing on behalf of the people of West of Ireland. Okay. First of all, I'm a, a massive Springsteen fan. First okay. time and probably the best time was Slane in 85. Yeah. And I've seen him about 10 times since. But okay. there is a huge disappointment that he has never been west of the Shannon. I think he was in Pullman Park. I was at him there. But he's never been to Galway, and we have the most fantastic venues. And when people talk about proximity, I mean, if a person is to travel from Belmullet to the concert in Dublin, yeah, that's about a four-hour trip, and the oh, cost yeah. hotels prohibits them staying in the capital. I would love to see Keane de Crow, but you've just mentioned there that he's in St. Anne's. Yeah. Why doesn't he come to Galway, Castlebar? And I'm, I'm sure, sure he, he will, will get yeah, a massive... Yeah. But it's where, 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 is there a venue in Galway that has hosted big outdoor gigs? Well, I, I would think Pure Stadium, the GA pitch, the, you know, yeah. the, it would be it would be equal to size to Nolan Park and Kilkenny, uh, Mikhail Park and Castlebar. And there's okay, a, but a fabulous I'm saying, yeah, but, Westport House. But don't they, don't they go around and there was Lizardale. Would Lizardale, Lizardale, Lizardale would help you if you lived in Belmullet? Remember Leonard, well, Leonard anywhere, Cohen used to play Lizardale? That's right, yeah. But I'm just citing that in oh. most of the concerts, are, for even I live in Westport, and if I was to head to Cork to Bruce Springsteen, that would, that's a two-day trip, you know. And yeah, but you we, add that to the cost, the ticket accommodation. It's just that we feel a little bit... I would love to see Bruce. This well, possibly could be his last concert or tour. Yeah, and yeah, how, right. what he's missing out on the Wild I mean, he's brought where he's... When he visits the country and he plays a concert, he's brought. He goes walk about around Leinster and places like that. Oh, but okay, he's never. Okay. Well, apparently, t- Keen, you know, Keen, Keen, Keen. You mentioned Keen the Crow. I don't know. Uh, this is team. They're on the ball. Keen the Crow is is, is at Leisureland in Galway on Saturday, December oh, the second, which is the same night that Angus is on um, in Helix in Dublin, uh, doing Chrissy Hennessy, and apparently he's doing Castlebar, Donegal, and Cork. And if Bell Mullet if Bell Mullet plays his cards right, they might get Keen to Crow as well down there in the main square. Mick Moriarty, Mick, Mick, come in, Hello, Mick, Joe. the Baldy Barber. How are you? What's the good? How are you? I'm great, thank God. I haven't seen a quarterback show for a long time. I know, I know, I know. Well, anyway, you're, you're my, sadly missed. My my kids grew up and. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I don't even know. One of them is in the Philippines at the minute. One of them is in working in London, and the other fella is heading off to Brazil. So that's the end. Ah, uh, well, yeah. So that, that's uh, right. yeah, that happens. Yeah. That Cor- happens. Yeah, Cor- yeah. Court McSharry, it's a beautiful, beautiful spot. Oh, and that, wonderful, I'll be wonderful. There, I'll be there on New Year's Eve. But of course, but of course, it, <laughs> it lost a bit of its attraction for them when they hit their their early oh, 20s and yeah, the Philippines yeah, yeah. and when Malaysia they get you on the 1819 they move out uh, they do, yeah. Yeah. anyway Mick yeah. you, you want to make after. you want to make a point about money oh I do I tell an old joke what drives me bananas is when I hear people saying they're buying a concert a ticket for 150 euro and they're going to a match and then they yeah. say to me how much is the haircut I said 16 how much is your haircut for the, the young fella 16 it's the same job yeah. and actually, actually I thought the researcher would go I'm now replying to the price of a haircut. I'm saying it's fourteen euro ten cents, but I must now collect one ninety VAT off you for the government. Otherwise, I can't give you a haircut. 
So the haircut is actually only 40. But when I hear people talk about those football matches, Man United, Liverpool, yeah. anything, and oh, we paid 600 euro for the weekend, blah, 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 and they're cribbing over a 16 euro haircut. Mark, Bur- my Mark Berkeley is also in Cork. Mark, what do you think of Mick's point? I, I, I agree with Mick. I'm, 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 I'm in business as well, my own business. My myself and my wife were florists and like prices stuff. And and people seem to think that, you know, uh, well, can I have a 20 euro bouquet? And you kind of go, you know, and unfortunately in, in our line of business, yeah. when Hello? when everything shut, when everything's shut down for the, uh, the COVID, the Dutch had to close all their, their the flowers, so they're the Dutch are making up their money at the moment. So oh, yeah, so I, the price of flowers people, has gone people up. Don't, people don't seem to pre- appreciate your 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 um, your trade or your. Yeah. But you Mark, know, you're you, saying you you're saying the price of everything is COVID. You're saying the price of flowers has gone up because the one hundred one hundred and fifty percent since COVID. Why? 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 Seemingly, they, they 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 shut everything down at, at the COVID, and seemingly to get back up going. And because obviously a lot, in Holland, a lot of the um, it's well, not forced grown, but they're grown in greenhouses. And obviously, the the cost of heating greenhouses have because of the the fuel crisis, the yeah, Russian yeah, trend, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. And and people seem to think. You know, when you when you when I say yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the delivery charges eight euros all over the city, and they, they they say a delivery charge. Why are you charging me a delivery charge? Well, I have to get someone to get into a van exactly, yeah. and drive to to wherever your your delivery is to, and deliver the flowers. I have to pay him. I can't. He's not doing the good of his uh, the, the good of his health. You know, Very you good. know, it, it just they don't seem to grasp. Things have gone through the roof. High. I didn't know that. Through the roof. Price of flowers has gone up 150 percent. 150 percent. Yeah. Wow. Well, should you, you, would buy, you, would buy, you Same you with would what make? Rose, Joe. Just the same with rose scones. Yeah. No, 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 I know. I know. I know. I know. Anyway. Um, okay, make. Um, by the way, you're telling me two euro from a, a 16 euro haircut goes to the government. Well, one ninety to be exact. Yeah, Joe. well, I, 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 I yeah, yeah, one ninety to be exact. I didn't know. That. I didn't know there was. And, there and, was and, I, and I, I sent an email only yesterday to the chairman of the review again. What you say? I do every. I, I, <laughs> I can call it. I say, how can anyone run a business under thirty-seven thousand five hundred, especially when they're renting a premise for three hundred euro a week? That's fifteen thousand a year. That's costing a thousand to two thousand for insurance, another yeah. two thousand for rates. You have your light, your heating. Yeah, yeah. So they're paying out about 23,000 and they're, they're telling the, the revenue that they can operate a business under 37,500. And there might be two or three people inside the shop. Joe, we're being fooled up to our eyes by everyone who's doing this. And the revenue are fast asleep. And I mean this. But Mick, I, if, I, are you saying, I presume you, that there's, regardless, there's 190. It's pro. It's sorted on your hair, on your haircut, sixteen quid. Yes. So one ninety yeah. out of that, which is just short of two euro, goes right. to the government, regardless of your overall income. Quite correct. Quite correct. So if once you, you turn uh, once you turn thirty seven thousand five hundred, you pay VAT and everything. Some people think that well, you pay it and the over thirty seven thousand yeah. five hundred. It's not. You pay course, it on the whole yeah. lot. You know. And your point it's, is it's that if a business doesn't turn over thirty-seven k, they might they want they're not in business. No, 
No, exactly. With all the, yeah, yeah, it couldn't be Joe. It couldn't it's be. Impossible. Yeah, yeah. No. I didn't know that. That that's um, once you yeah. once your well, business. Well, I, I I've said to the government for years. I said to every minister for finance, even Michael McGrath, and I met Michael a good few times through the flooding and the whole lot. Yeah. I said, forget about the threshold and have charge everyone five percent across the board. Yeah, everyone, yeah. and then we're all on the same playing fields. So you don't mind then. And, and, and then it's a different bargain. And by the way, Joe, the revenue would take in more money if they charge everyone 5% across the board or maybe 7%. I mean, and then we're all in the same playing field all the time. Okay. And then you hear people, then you hear people criminal about the VAT. Okay, by the way, is our Galway caller gone? Is it, who was it, Philip? It was gone on. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's gigs next year in the old Galway airport. Fat Boy Slim is on, believe it or not. In uh, Galway Airport next year, and he's also on in, in um, Fairview Park. Uh, more information as it ar- as it arises. Emma Cassidy and Donegal. Emma, hello, Joe. How what are do you? you want to say to Mark, Tony, <laughs> Philip? What do you want uh, to say to them? Say it to their face. Oh, lads! Like we're all on here, and we're very lucky. Any of us who went on, myself included, this morning to be able to get tickets and to think. This is something that you're in the fortunate position to be able to buy. Like, it really just feels like first world problems that we're on complaining about Bruce Springsteen specifically. Like, if we're going to make a broader point about, you know, as you said, Joe, insurance in Ireland seems to drive the prices up. Mm. The fact that I think concert promoters know that we're stuck on the island and that we don't have the option to, you know, jump around to different venues as they do on the continent. There's lots of reasons why the tickets are more expensive, but focusing in specifically on this Bruce Springsteen thing this morning like this is nothing new the, the, the prices of accommodation in Dublin are absolutely atrocious yeah. every every weekend that any of us want to go to anything whether it's football whether it's camogie whether it's um, any arts or, or cultural thing like are we all on I don't really understand what everybody's given out specifically about Bruce Springsteen for <laughs> if I'm you're, honest. Sa- you're saying you're saying we should be immune to it at this stage almost not, not at all I don't think we should be immune to it but uh, this is nothing new really like all of us, we've yeah. all had to try and put up with this. I'm not saying any of it now is would right you, in would terms would of the you hotel. Be, would you be more attracted to Belfast? And much of the tickets in Belfast for Bruce? Well, the it's all it's all standing, and they're 145 euro. It's all standing in Boucher, so it's suppose it's not really, it's not always comparing like with like, yeah, it seems yeah. to be all standing in Boucher, and it, that was the way it was before I saw him play with a good friend of mine, oh it was years ago now, but in the King's Hall in Belfast as well, and it was all standing too, so I don't know if it's, I'm not sure if it's comparable, like I complete, I've, I've seen Bruce around Ireland before, and, and again, like Mark was very lucky, um, got mm. tickets years ago in a lottery to go and see him on, on Broadway, but like, like all of these things, we're we're very lucky that we can be on giving out about this. There's people that I'm sure are massive Bruce Springsteen fans. Probably, I mean, I wasn't born when Slain happened. Otherwise, I would have loved to have been able to go to that. But I mean, there's plenty of people I'm sure that are massive Bruce Springsteen fans that, with the greatest of respect to Mark, would never have been able to go around and see him forty odd times or think about going to New York. Never mind going down the road to Parky Quays and paying 150. You know, like mm-hmm. this is it's it is huge money, and we're all very lucky we get great value when we go you know three hours no support he's flat out all the time for you know more than a man of half his age but we're all very lucky that we're able to talk about this okay. in the first place i, I think take your point yeah. i do take your point i do take your point uh mark do you want to retaliate 
Sean Mark. Oh, Joey, I don't want to retaliate. Um, no, I just, I just, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone below three hours. It's too, too, too far, you know, laughingly. I mean, it used to be four and a half hours. So, <laughs> unfortunately, the man is, I mean, I, I okay. was in Amsterdam last year and he fell over on the stage. He looked his age at that point. But look, he's incredible. He's 74. I don't know where, you know, how he gets the energy. I brought my son, I remember, to the RDS many years ago. And about three hours into it, he was complaining about his legs. He wanted to leave. Hey, the <laughs> <laughs> so I, I braved it. But I think he, he braved it as well. But he, he, he cribbed on the way back to the hotel in Dublin. Okay. Okay. okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Thanks indeed. Okay. Uh, Mick Murray, Mark Buckley, Gurry Mark Joe at Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And who wouldn't die for a ticket to Jose? What a, what a show that's going to be. An incredible new album. Uh, Marta, Marta, good afternoon. The prices have gone to the dogs in the vets. What's happened? Absolutely, uh, Joe, yeah. Well, I have shopped around the vet. I have two home pets, two dogs. And, you know, I've, I've shopped around. And, and going in and out of any vest, you w- won't come out with anything much short of 100 euros. And I'm not talking for two dogs, even for one. And, wow. you know, and then when you go in, which, I mean, you have your annual injections, you have infections, you have um, dental care and all sorts of things, blood tests and things that they suggest. And, you know, if you're to get everything done that they suggest, or not to suggest, they almost tell you you need them, the dog, you, you, you know, you'd be out the door. And then if, if they were kept overnight, well, you really want to have a large wallet for that one. But, it, I mean, the dental care alone, which my one of, one of the best, as I say, I've moved around mm. a bit, said to me, um, you know, it was costing just near, just under, I can't remember, just over 600 euros. So I asked my own dentist, you know, because I paid less for my own dentist, uh, would he any chance he could take the dog and look after their, their dental care? But obviously, that was, you know, by the time he came, realized that I was joking, and then he said, Well, I couldn't uh, keep the dog controlled <laughs> in, in a dental clinic, in a, a human dental clinic. But, you know, when I, I, I'm actually worn out with that, I don't get my dog's injectors every annually now, except if okay. they're going into kennel care, because I can't afford it. And is there? Um, I, I I don't have it. But when you when you go into a vet, is there a price list? No. You what they do is they, they you go in and you could say, I think perhaps the dog is sick, or you can tell that they're they're not acting well. So they look and they say, oh, you mm-hmm. know, they may it could be anything. They may have to do blood. They may say, oh, the heart is racing. They may have to do a scan. They, you know, and anything you know, the price can just you know. Increase, increase, increase. I mean, sometimes I felt, almost felt they were sort of telling me that the dog needs to put in a life support regime, you know, which, um, you know, I mean, I really, so I've gone out, most times, an infection or something that's going to kill them on the day or within a few days or a week, I, I get them dealt with and then I move around. I have found vets that are not as expensive. Okay, Ma- Marta, Ma- Marta, I'm, I'm, I'm finding the line very very warm but very very fuzzy so uh, stay, stay with us and we'll take a quick break Joe with RT.ie and remember uh, the uh, voice app the WhatsApp voice messages 87 183 uh, Joe at RT.ie 
Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And Martha's on the line. She's uh, making a point about the cost of vets for small animals. Uh, in uh, Ireland and she's saying one vet quoted her almost 600 euro for a dog's teeth repairs she didn't she didn't uh, didn't uh, couldn't pay it and um, she said every time she goes to a vet regardless regardless she parts with at least 100 euro and most most times it's a lot more and can you shop around with vets Marta? Yeah, well, you can. You can shop around, but they like to know what the history is and have you had the annual jabs, uh, injections. And, you know, and that's fine. And then they, if you haven't got them or you haven't got an up-to-date card from the previous vet, then they'll give you the list of all the things you need, which without even dental care, you're talking at least, I'd say, five, well, 500 maybe for two dogs. Um, they're, they're about, you know, between three and 500 but, you know, so we're not talking about 10 or 20 euros in the difference between one vet and another vet. We're talking like, and not, well, not, none of them, there's very few, and I know there are some that are a lot cheaper, maybe the mm. type of vet who goes out on a farm to sheep and cattle. And well, aren't, aren't, aren't they the type of vet? I was listening to somebody recently in the, who was involved in the education of vets. He's saying very few people want to do the big animal stuff. They want to do the poodles and the Maltese and the, yeah, the, the chihuahuas yeah. and the chinchillas. and You know what I mean? Well, I think they probably do because I don't know, is it more financially beneficial to them or is it that they love little pooches and cats and what have you? Um, I know, I think well, probably, well, well, think of it, uh, Marta. God forgive me, wouldn't you wouldn't you rather be petting a little poodle than your hand up a cow's <laughs> behind? I would. Yeah, I mean but people do have pigs as pets and, and snakes and well snakes yeah. I think are kind of okay. I don't know, I wouldn't have a snake. Now is it someone but, said it's much cheaper outside of the capital. The vets are much Well, I'm outside of the capital and oh, I'm good afraid luck. Yeah. I mean I have been I've lived in the capital not long out of it. So I would say that it was even more expensive. Okay. Far as I, uh, so what, what part of the country are you in? What province? I'm in Wicklow. In Wicklow. Wicklow. Okay, Martin Kelly. Martin, where are you, Martin? Come in to me, Martin. Hello, Joe. Can you hear me? I can't loud and clear, Martin. Um, yeah, you're, you're I'm in for watching. Awfully, okay. Um, vets. Uh, I, I, I can't talk highly of my vet. My vet is very good Um they're not, they're not too expensive. If you compare it to a doctor's surgery, when you go into a surgery, you're waiting, what, a lot longer in the waiting room, and then when you go into the doctor, you pay 70 or for him to just turn around and write out a prescription for you. You know, where the vets, mm. the vets in war here, they go in, they're checking the dog, they're my cat for blood, their temperatures and heart rate and everything. It's fantastic. I could not argue with it. Do you have a cat and a dog? I have a cat and a dog. I just got a new cat because my other cat died there a few a few weeks ago. But I can't speak highly more of the of the pets that I have in board here. The other pretty good. Okay. Um. What happened, mm, to your cat? That's interesting. Uh, she, she oh, had cancer, yeah. unfortunately. I'd love to okay. get the name of that vet. I could probably afford oh, a nice stay a night over oh, in a nice hotel. Well, I tell you, a night, a night over. Uh, just to let you know, a night over in the in the board vet where I am is only about seventy euro. Really. Yeah, it's, oh they're, they're, they are very good and very understandable, and I couldn't speak yeah. highly of them. 
Never mind. You know, it's brilliant. Like, there's an ad out there on one of the radio stations that says, you know, the dog, the, the pet, the vest the do- your dog prefers. Well, I was thinking, I wonder how they know that. Now, my dog doesn't ever say, I like mm-hmm. prefer that vest to this vest. Okay, Sarah Jane, stay with us, Martin. Martin, Sarah Jane is in Cavan. Sarah Jane. Hi, Joe. You're listening to The Price of Vest. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to make a very brief comment about the price of vest. And okay. my daughter has just started studying veterinary in the UK. Brilliant. And as I'm sure most of your listeners know, there's only one veterinary degree in Ireland. So the majority of kids that do want to study veterinary yeah. have to go abroad. Um, there is another one planned, I think, maybe in 2025 or 26 for the University of Limerick, but currently there's only, I think it's 84 places in UCD for the majority of people Unbeli- that un- is- have to go abroad. Isn't that, um, isn't that unbelievable in an agricultural com- yeah. country and a country that looks yeah. small? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only one yeah. one veterinary uh, school and that's in around the corner here in UCD. Um, do, do, do Could she have gone to, where is it Budapest? Where else is there a veterinary so, college? Yeah, so she, she, you can go to Budapest, you can go to Poland, you can go to Cyprus. We did look at a number of um, other European countries, but in the end we decided on the UK because there was no language barrier and... You know, it's easy enough for her to come home. But the the fact is the fees alone are £9,800 sterling. Her accommodation for this year is €9,000. So she's looking at leaving college with something in along the lines of €100,000 wow. in debt. Wow. So I know the lady is saying vets are very expensive, but to feed an animal and look after it in the way that you should, if you are going to have a vet, sometimes it incurs more costs. You know, and how? And how I don't think anybody, did, she didn't go into this business, you know, yeah. to make money. It's definitely, it's definitely not that. I doubt very much any best go into it to to become millionaires. It's usually a vocation, and um, they dedicate their lives to helping animals. And Sarah Jane, how does how does she manage? Well, she just got a new job last week. She's there seven weeks. She's very sick. She had to move her rooms because the room she's in is full of damp and they've asked her to leave it while they try and do something with it. And she has a job on a Wednesday morning from six o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon, mucking out mares and foals. And on the weekend from six o'clock in the morning until the afternoon, mucking out mares and foals. Fair play to her. Yeah. And where? what, what part of the country is that veterinary college in? She's just near Manchester. Oh, but, near Manchester. But I just okay. think, yeah, but the, the point is, you know, for them to study veterinary, there, there, there isn't a facility here, as I say, yeah. it's about 84 places. So they have, to, they have to go abroad. And then if they do want to come back to Ireland, you know, they, they are coming back with a massive death, you know, an education death that they, they have to try and make up. So she, she actually, when she was in Ireland, she was um, working, you know, doing work experience in veterinary practices. And like, you know, vets work very hard. They're on call during yeah, the night, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. similar to doctors. They have to learn about every species of animal. You know, they start off their career usually massively in death. So uh, I understand that lady is saying it's expensive, but I think having a pet is a luxury that is an expense. Okay. Hmm. Marta, having a pet is well, a luxury. Well, yeah, maybe today it is a luxury. Well, I was brought up in the times when your dog, who wouldn't have been annually injected at all for different um, illnesses, mm. and also he got to, he or she got the scraps off the table to eat. And I don't remember having any particular problems with the pets we grew up with. But, you know, today is different. Okay. You buy your dog food, you get them groomed for 
whatever, 50 euros or so each. But, 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 um, but Marta, pets, uh, there, there is a cost in keeping a pet. Now, I know the, I know oh, the, I know the cost-benefit analysis is, is off the scale because people absolutely love it or uh, yeah, yeah. their, their, wouldn't go anywhere, wouldn't, wouldn't stay in the house at night without their dog. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree, and there is a cost, and I don't mind or not neglected. I am lucky that I have found the, uh, care for my vets through people I know who can do them. Okay, the have, things there that so, are someone said essential. Okay, someone said, have you looked at pet insurance? Yes, I have, but you see, what happens is when they get past a certain age, we say five, six, seven. The, you know, there's an excess on yeah, the policy, okay, yeah. and that's okay. yeah, so really cancels okay. itself okay. out. Okay, okay, okay. Mar- what, what are your dogs called? Uh, one is called D. She she has an older sister called Kiki who died during COVID. Kiki D, like the singer, oh, Kiki so D. break my heart. And the other one is called Pepsi. And if I ever have another one, I call it Cola. Oh, very good, very good. Okay, Marta, uh, you love your pets, obviously, as most people do. Val, Val, good afternoon. How are you, John? Uh, good. good afternoon, John. Was it, was it your cat, your dog, your, your Labrador? Dog, dog, Labrador, eight-year-old, John. Now, okay. we, had, we had her for eight years. She was a house pet, like, you know. But I couldn't get over the cost in three days, how it, how the, how it mounted up, you know. It, it, mm. You know, it, it was unbelievable. Okay, like, well, well, what, what, what happened to your dog? Well, she she went off her food and she started yelping with a bit of pain, and we said we bring we'd have to bring her to the vet, and she was panting a lot, so we had to bring her to the vet. Okay. So we brought her to the vet. They done an X-ray, they done a blood test, they gave her an antibiotic, and that cost three thirty the first day. Wow. Right. So then she disimproved, and it got worse with her back leg. So we brought her down again, and they gave her antibiotics and a painkiller, and that cost one hundred and thirty. Mm-hmm. So by the bank holiday Monday, now that was four eighty. By the bank holiday Monday, she had disimproved even worse, and she couldn't put her legs under at all. The poor thing, yeah. and she was yelping all the time. So we went to another vet because the, it was bank holiday Monday, so we had to do a call out vet. Right. So we brought her to another vet, and she mm-hmm. gave us the option of an MRI in Dublin and an operation, which cost four and a half thousand. And we said we wouldn't, we weren't fit to do that. And she wow. said, well, the only other thing we could do was put her down. Oh, but the bill, the bill for that day was 14. Right. But that was including cremation. So, you know, that, that came to you at 70, but that's, that was this, yeah. you know, that's what we were hit with and we couldn't back out of it. And we didn't want to back out. We wanted to do as much as we could for, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah, but I just thought, I just thought, I just thought, I just thought it was an extraordinary expense, like, uh, you know, and then they offered me uh, the second, the first, the first two, the first place I went to. They offered me an overnight stay with her, you know, that they'd keep her for a night, and that would cost would have cost us two hundred ninety two euro. I said, Jesus, I wasn't going doing mm. that either. I said, <laughs> we'll bring her home, you know. Mm. Mm. So it could have it could have cost me eleven hundred if I did. So, so, so your Labrador was well, was put to sleep. Yeah, um, oh. unfortunately, John, out to the to the. To the disgust of my grandchildren and everything, you know, they were they were broken up. Yeah, I know, I know. I know how mm. attached they could become to dogs. Jane Dobson, Jane. Yeah. Two two German Hello. two German shepherds. What happened? Yeah, yeah, we two German shepherds here that are thoroughbreds, and um, one of them, uh, well, he sort of belonged to my son, but he's a family dog. 
and he was, um, we discovered about three or four weeks ago that he had cancer everywhere. Oh, God. And he was eight. So basically the vet said, well, German shepherds don't live very long. So, you know, you, you can have an operation. It'll cost about 2,000 euros. But he could die on the operating theatre or even six months later. He won't live very long after it. And, you know, we were sort of saying 2,000. We haven't got that kind of money, you know, for, yeah. particularly when taking a chance on it. But I feel now that from what I'm hearing from a lot of other people, that if you had pet insurance, the pet insurance would cover that 2000 I presume that's why you have insurance. Yeah, but you I don't have pet insurance. We didn't have pet insurance on either of these German shepherds. Oh, you're saying... Okay, so you're saying... There's a circular argument there, isn't there? You're yeah. saying... Am I right in you thinking that because a lot of people have pet insurance, that puts up the prices in the vets? Yes, because the they know they can know claim the insurance back. will pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay. Now, I'm not sure about yearly injections, but I know several people with their dogs that have had various, had to have various operations and things done, and the, the insurance has covered it. Yeah, okay. Mm. Well, apparently, insurance is quite expensive. Hang on, we'll be back after this break. Talk okay. to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Dennis McLean is in Switzerland. Dennis, good afternoon. Good to hear. Good to hear you. Um, Dennis would have been known, uh, well known in Dublin on the Irish press. Am I right, Dennis? Same Dennis. Same Dennis. That, that's right, Joe. Yes, okay. I hear I was mentioned in the statues last week on your show by Alice <laughs> Lee. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Small word, small word, but I'd hate to have the wallpaper. Now, Dennis, tell us, uh, the the gigs, we were talking about Bruce Springsteen prices here and general prices. Um, uh, You bring Irish acts to Geneva. That's right, Joe. You know, for the last 20 years, a group of uh, volunteers here in Geneva, most of us are Irish. We started uh, bringing people over... um, and I think it was 2005, we did, We had Ronnie Drew here. And we enjoyed it so much that we've kept going, you know, over the okay. last uh, 20 years or so. So uh, the point I was going to agree with John Joe is that, you know, you don't have to be in Crow Park to get uh, satisfaction from, you know, hearing a music gig. or you can, you can enjoy it much more probably in a small venue, you know, with a couple of hundred people. And the intimacy of that cannot be replicated in a place like Parky Cueve or Crow Park. And I think, you know, a lot of Irish acts don't get the, don't get their due. And I see, you know, when I, when I bring people here to Geneva, especially among our Francophone uh, audience, you know, they love it and they mm-hmm. can't understand why they haven't come across these people before, you know. Sharon, I'm talking about Sean, Sharon Shannon, Luca Bloom, John Spillane, Lisa Lamb, The Voice Squad, Colin McEnumro, you know, all these people yeah, we brought, yeah. we've brought, uh, we've hosted here in Geneva. And have you any idea, do, I presume you have big concerts in Geneva as well, Dennis, but have you any idea how much Bruce or Sting or the Eagles would, would cost? If the, in a, Is there a big venue, indoor or outdoor in Geneva? There must be. It'd be stratospheric, Joe. I mean, Bob Dylan, who I love, you know, I would have gone to see him in Montreux last summer, but... Uh, Unfortunately, the tickets were seven hundred euros. Believe it or not. Wow. So it's uh, you know it's completely crazy. You know, um, the pricing for these top acts. It's not just in Ireland. You know, it's uh, it's everywhere. I think. 
Yeah. Are you still working with the UN, by the way, Dennis? Joe, no, I'm in the semi-retired. I'm, okay. I'm just working as a now. Well, I, I presume, like so many, what's happening in Israel and Gaza will bring tears to tears to your eyes after all the work. Well, Joe, you? I was I was saying to telling somebody the other day that I was in Gaza forty years ago. Okay. As a as a journalist, and you know, it was nothing as bad as it is today. You know, yeah. that time there was just the. PLO and Fatah, but there was no Hamas, there was no yeah. Islamic Jihad, there were no suicide bombers. I mean, it's just gone downhill so, so much over the last 40 years, purely through neglect yeah. and uh, lack of interest from the main players and in uh, coming to a, a, an acceptable political solution for yeah. the unfortunate people living in the Gaza Strip. I don't know what we can do. Pray. I don't, that's all I'm doing. I mean, I, I'm talking about it, obviously, but it's just people feel so powerless for everybody, everybody involved. Please, please, please. Violence doesn't get us anywhere. Bullets never stop travelling. Bullets never stop travelling. Mm. Dennis, good to meet a market. That's Dennis McLean. A lot of people would know Dennis sure. from his work here. And then I followed his, his brilliant work in the in the UN. Okay, today's uh, sound operator was Mark McGrath. Richard Byrne was on research. Uh, Shane Gavin was the BCI producer with Sean O'Gorman. And Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.